2: Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast, I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger.
0: And I'm Matt Goldman.
2: And we're having 20 minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue.
0: Check out our book at howtobuildtherocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today we talked with Thomas from Blossom.io. We learned all about how their product was born out of frustration with their current tools and how they think differently about product management. Thomas doesn't blindly pursue test-driven development or follow a given Agile practice. He picks the right tool for the job and avoids process, at least in the early days, at all costs. He also taught us a bit more about jobs to be done and how we can apply it with our own products.
2: Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. We're here with Thomas from Blossom.io. Thomas, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So. Tell us a little bit about where you guys came up with the inspiration for blossom
3: um, yeah that's a great question so Alan Nick and me we 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 worked in a marketing agency did high traffic Facebook applications um, for brands like Red Bull um, It was really interesting to work on those because if you do Facebook applications for high brands, you will have interesting traffic patterns like there, there will like when the campaign starts, you will see spikes where you have to add server resources very fast. And it's like super exciting. But uh, at the moment when we use, when, when we worked for the marketing agency, we were really frustrated with the project management tools that we were using um, because we were a cross-functional team and most of the project management tools were... Um, more designed for engineering teams only. Um, and we shipped in in very fast release cycles. So we shipped dozens or even hundreds of times per day, whereas most of the project management tools were more based around like sprints, um, like scrum sprints where you ship only um, once every few weeks. Um, so that wasn't a really good fit. And um, probably the, the most painful thing for us was that um, we were a distributed team across many time zones. Um, so most of the project management tools that we used they, they were not really helping with the distri- being distributed aspect. So they were all, all built for teams that basically are co-located, work in the same room, have their daily stand-up meetings, and where a lot of the communication just happens because you're in the same room. And yeah, that there was basically so the, the main motivation for us to look into how project management works and how we can create a better project management tool for people like us. Um, and the worst case scenario would be like we have our, our own project management tool that we can use.
2: So you guys had this idea when you were working at the agency, uh, right. you start building it in your spare time. At what point did you leave to focus on it full time?
3: Um, that's a that's a great question. So we um, we we worked on it like in the in the early mornings or in the in the late evenings, basically. Um, and then once we had something that was a bit more concrete, it was still a, a bit buggy, like an early prototype. It didn't behave like we wanted it to behave, but we had something that we could show around, and we showed it to some of our friends that were all also like naturally software developers um and that was basically the, the first spark where we saw okay there's something there it's not only us that are fed up with the project management tools um our friends are as well and they like uh, they liked where where we were going and then some of our friends um from vienna recommended us to check out an accelerator program called seedcamp which is an a european accelerator program um because Like the main advice was, okay, you're all software developers and designers um, and you are really good at building products. But um, if you want to build a business out of it um, and work on it full time, then it makes sense to get some, like, not do an MBA, but do basically like a a crash course on the business aspects. Like how do you do marketing? How do you do sales? Um, How do you charge money? stuff like that like things that we didn't concern ourselves up until then
0: so with blossom um, why do you think that it's better what I guess what does it do that um,
3: that really excels above what none of the other tools did before um, yeah that's um, the, uh, the, I think so there's a few aspects but I think the main, the main aspect is in terms of how we think of designing the product. Um, so we, we basically our North star in making design decisions is the distributed team. And if you try to to solve problems that distributed teams have um, that are not in the same time zone, even uh, often, um, A side effect is that you will solve problems for teams that are even, like, even if you're co located, all the features that are good for distributed teams are good for you as well. So, one example that we like that was a um, that came out of that was our daily digests. Um, So, we basically in the project management tool try to understand what's going on, who's working on what, why people are working on it, and you can mark things as blocked, for example, and having that information allows us to create a digest or like a tactical briefing that people would usually use in a standup meeting. So in a standup meeting, you basically go through, is there anything that's blocking you um, and hinders you on making progress? Um, is, uh, w- what are the things that you've worked on that are good to know for other people? And what will you be working on next? And how, how do you think on like, attacking that problem? And these three aspects, basically, they are fine and easy to communicate if you're in a stand-up meeting and if you're co-located. But if you're distributed about, um, among many time zones, it's really, really hard um, to get a good time for all of the people. And there will always be problems, like someone needs to get up early, take a meeting with a customer, um, and you can't be like super on top of your mind at the meeting of the customer at 9 a.m. in the morning when you have been in a stand-up meeting, in a virtual stand-up meeting until um, 4 a.m. in the morning. So the the basically one, one of the things we did was just assembling the information we have in the project management tool in a way that it can actually replace a stand-up meeting if you have no chance of actually pulling a stand-up meeting off or if the trade-off of making a stand-up meeting would be really high. And the, the fun side effect of that is that if you do stand-up meetings, it's still awesome because you wake up in the morning, you get an email, which is basically a briefing for you for the stand-up meeting so you don't forget the, the important things to talk about. So I think like, the, in a nutshell what really helps us to, to do a good job with the product is to overstretch by design to really try to solve the, 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 uh, the pain points for the people who have the highest pain points. And as a side effect, it will be also a better product for people who are in the same room, um, who are just basically have their headphones on listening to music or are in the same company, but on different floors, um, It's the same problems, it's just different pain levers, I guess.
1: When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T business eventually talked him into the pillow thing and backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep with Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com.
2: So, um, so with that, with the kind of identifying the pain beyond your own kind of building it for yourself perspective, what'd you guys do to, I, to kind of put those user stories together and, and learn how people would go about using your product or learn the methodologies that you wanted to teach inside of your product
3: that's that's a brilliant question because I think it that's one of the hardest things in product management in general um, is deciding what you want to work on and then specifying how like what you're actually doing and why you're doing it because you can be working very efficiently without working very effectively mm. um, so what, what with user stories so i think user stories are great to begin with um, there's a lot of companies that basically work without user stories um, they just start with things that they thought about but did not take the step to ex- actually put down in words so i think starting with just communicating what you want to build and why you want to build it. That's, that's incredibly valuable. It's not a waste of time, not at all. Um, But there's um, there, I've seen a lot of patterns with user stories where where people basically fill out the user story format um, just to have it filled out, just to cross something off a checklist. So people, they do user stories, but they don't do it in a, like they don't give give them the importance that they have. Because actually, like a, once you've written a user story or started on something, chances are you will work hours and days, and sometimes even many people on executing that thing that you set out to do, and they will make many many trade offs um, around that. And the trade-offs have to be based on something. And usually, like ideally, they are based on the goals you want to achieve, the success criteria. Um, and if the success criteria is poorly expressed, then there's no good basis on making these trade-offs. So one thing I've, see, uh, I've often seen is, is, the, is these user stories, like user wants to edit a comment in order to be able to edit a comment, stuff like that. Um, and, like, I think, like, we, we, I've, I'm definitely guilty of writing user stories like that. Um, because I did not grasp how expensive user stories like that can be later. Um, so one, one super interesting concept is called job to be done or jobs to be done. Um, and I first heard about it from Johan and, um, Des from Intercom, the founders of Intercom. And it's basically a concept where you focus on the situations and the verbs, like the actions of what people are doing. So you don't focus on the persona or like who the person is, but what they're doing and why they're doing it, what their main motivations are. And the interesting thing with that is, so, so for example, with the standard user, to take one step back with the standard user story format, you start with the user And that primes you on who the person is and all your conceptions or misconceptions of that person, like an admin or a boss or whoever the person is. And it is really hard to empathize with people. And it's it's even harder to empathize with people that are not like you are. Um, So starting with the person is hard. It, It just makes things hard. Um, Whereas if you start with the situation and the emotional aspects and the motivations that people have, it's easier relate to, uh, so it's easier to slip into the shoes of the person by thinking of the situation and the motivations instead of thinking of the person itself. Um, And that's super, super simple, but super powerful as well. And one, like just, just to give an example, there's, there's the, um, the milkshake story um, where basically a milkshake store tried to increase their revenues and they were asking their customers like how how they how the customers wanted to um, like have the milkshake changed in order to make it better because they want they basically wanted to find out how they can make more money how how they 'll get more business, how they can make their product better so they asked all these people, and the people said completely different things like the the people said one one of the people said that the milkshake is not thick enough. They, they want more fruity bits in there. Um, it's too liquid. Other people said it's way too thick. They want a liquid uh, milkshake. They, want, they don't want all these fruit bits in there. It takes too long to, um, to, to eat all the, the whole milkshake. So they did not really get to anything um, with that feedback. But then they, they basically hired a guy called Clay Christensen came up with um with the jobs to be done concept and what they did is they did again ask the customers um but they asked them in in a way to figure out what the job the milkshake was that what 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 the job they tried to solve by hiring the milkshake so every of the customers is hiring the milkshake to do a certain job for them and by that, by that, they figured out that there are roughly two kinds of categories, um, or two kinds of situations of, of why people hire the milkshake and what they hire the milkshake for. And one of them was the morning commute. Um, so they basically had the, the situation where they drive in the car to work, takes like 30 minutes. It's boring. Sometimes there's traffic congestion. Um, and they are hungry, and they want to like they want to eat something, but they can't eat a pizza because that's a mess. They can't um, eat ice cream because that's a mess as well. Whereas the milkshake, you have a cap on it, you can hold it in one hand. There's a straw, and the milkshake does a good job. So the competition for the milkshake in that scenario is a lot of things that the company owner wouldn't even regard as competition. That's interesting. But another interesting thing is, since they know it's, the milkshake will be hired for the morning commute, they suddenly know how to do a better job at the milkshake. So they can make the milkshake thicker. They can, um, they can add things um, like even better caps, for example. Um, they can try to make the morning commute, the 30 minutes, an interesting experience. Like if it's really thick and you have the fruity bits in there, the, there's like, variable um, feedback for you as the milkshake user. It's more interesting. You can actually sip on it for 30 minutes. Whereas the other scenario where people bought the milkshake was for children after, so the parents um, have children and the children were asking the whole week, um, can I get this? Can I get that? Can I get this? And the parents always said, no, 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 no. And finally on the weekend um, where they had more spare time again and time to like get off of the stress from the week. They finally gave in and basically said, okay, let's go for a milkshake. But in that scenario, you don't want a thick milkshake that is really huge and people sip on it for half an hour because the child will sip on it for one hour. So basically having a better job for that scenario is smaller portions, dinosaurs on the outside of the milkshake, um, maybe a toy and having it very liquid and fast to eat basically. So having the concept, uh, the context of what, where where the customer is in, what the customer is trying to achieve and what the main motivation drivers are. If you can nail these things in the user story, I think then you, then you've won because that's basically the same material that you would use when you write an announcement or do a marketing campaign it's basically the the single thread that keeps the whole thing together from marketing and sales and customer acquisition back into your product it's like a single story hey guys
0: hope you're enjoying the episode i wanted to take a minute to thank code for sponsoring the show we've been happy customers of theirs for a very long time if you'd like to see how we use Codeship to deploy our product Hopefeed, go watch the short video we put together at howtobuildarocketship.com slash Codeship. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So something that I know that we struggle with early on is taking huge development pushes and trying to break them up into into user stories and then... Um, tracking them as they go along mm-hmm. it's it'd be really helpful for us because I'm the, I'm the only one doing backend development. And a lot of times Joel's just kept out of the loop. We don't put much effort into to staying on the same page. So um, if we had a good way to estimate out different features or take a big push, like a big, say um, adding analytics to a product, taking a mm-hmm. big push like that and knowing how to break it up into smaller pieces would be tremendously helpful for the rest of the team. But a lot of times I struggle with that. And I'm wondering, um, how jobs to be done would change that process? Like, do you, do you not start with the big idea? Do you start with smaller pieces? And if that builds up to a big collection of changes, you push forward
3: with that? Or, um, yeah, I, I might be a bit opinionated on that, but I actually think that the traditional user stories are too granular, um, So what I like to track or like what people track in our tool is more on the epic level. So it's kind of like a collection of user stories. Um, and the, the Kanban people or like the, the lean, um, lean software development crowd, um, are calling these cards, um, minimum or minimal marketable features. So you start basically, um, and and amazon for example is doing that twitter is doing that facebook is doing that um you start with an announcement you basically write up the announcement of your, like what a good story would be for your customer and then you you take that and you track it as a whole ticket and that might be something that is bigger than a few that it's 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 more than a user story but the interesting thing is by getting up to that abstraction level, a bit a, a higher abstraction level, um, you suddenly get something that everyone understands. Something that your customer understands, it's something that stakeholders understand, it's things that marketers understand, it's things that engineers understand, and it's things that designers understand. So for example, if I um, if I describe a, a minimum marketable feature as that we are integrating with github, then there's different aspects or different meanings for every persona that is involved in that uh, in that uh, in that areas so of the marketing people for example in the early stages of the feature they would um, like look at competing companies how they did the integration what the values they are describing so it's like a good trigger for research because you know what you're researching for um, if you're a designer you know what to look for when you do the design when you're an engineer you, you know what APIs you need to look for whereas with um, granular user stories there's a lot of repetition where the user stories if you track them separately you'll have different people work on on the same things but on their specific user stories so it can kind of get a me- a mess process-wise because all of these things are actually related to a single thing you want to deliver, but you're tracking them independently. Um, so it's hard to to get an overview of how far it is along in the process. And I think having or like being like not necessarily disciplined, but being aware of the advantages of having or finding an abstraction layer that works for all of the people that are involved in product creation, um, that helps a lot. And then you can basically collect specific user stories in that thing you're tracking. But you want to, at, at all times, have an overview of how far along you are in the process on shipping that thing. There's not a lot of value in knowing where you stand with a certain user story or a certain task that ties back to the overall thing. Because only when you ship the whole thing, the actual value is delivered.
2: That's really interesting. Um, I haven't thought about it quite like that. Uh, And actually, one of the things that I know you guys are doing a lot of is uh, spending time on Quora. And I assumed that that was just more of an outward push um, where you're, kind of establishing yourself as the expert on these issues that are coming up for people and trying to pull people back to your site. Um, But I'm curious now, is that your way of kind of mining for some of these user stories and looking for uh, where to take the product next?
3: Yeah, so that's super fascinating. So actually, like using Quora as a marketing channel, that was basically happened by accident because I just played around with Quora and I like these Q&A platforms and I was a bit of a stack overflow addict and when it came out I answered a lot of questions and it was a lot of fun so I just basically did the same on Quora but then we figured out um, Quora is way 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 more valuable than just for entertainment (laughs) or like just answering questions because yeah like you said there's a lot of in these Q&A formats they are really good in facilitating the conversation on specifics. Um, and that's a great resource for product ideas or feature ideas, ideas, because you always have the context and you always, it's, it's basically a brilliant format of a question and different people answering the question and providing their take on it. So you sometimes you have like the two top answers will be completely controversial on, on polar opposites. So it's great input or often like in, in more popular questions, it will be very eloquent, very great answers. So it saves you a lot of research time. So you don't miss things that you might um, miss if you just start on building a certain feature. Um, and also you always have, like, like I said earlier, super important to understand the motivations that people have, the situations they find themselves in. And Quora basically is like, you're just one click away of understanding more about that person. Every person that answers has a Quora profile, has answered other questions, um, follows certain topics, has a Twitter account, has a LinkedIn account. So you're just one click away of really immersing yourself in the world of the person who wrote the answer. So context is king. Right? Context is the, like the, the, the only way, or like the only way from my point of view in a nutshell to create a great product is to create the, the right product for the right situations that people find themselves in. And if you don't have context, you will have a hard time doing a good job on that. So Quora is a brilliant platform for that. Also, um, public feedback forums or support forums from companies that are in the same space, whether they are competitors or partners, um, or basically anyone who's in the same space. Um, and for SaaS pro- uh, B2B products, that's basically a gold mine because m- most of the SaaS productivity tools, you're not living in a va- va- vacuum, right? You, you're integrating with a lot of these other tools. Um, So you're just serving a part of the overall workflow. So understanding the whole workflow and how people see the the workflow and what the pains are they are perceiving, that's super valuable. And Quora is basically a goldmine for that. Um, But we then found out that by answering questions on Quora, people also signed up for our site and started paying. So when we looked at metrics and the the revenue in table um the referral the, like the, the the revenue sources basically um kuara was one of the sources that gave us the least amount of traffic so it was a, like a very low traffic source but a high revenue source so the kuara oh, awesome. was converting like crazy um, as, and and then so basically that was aha uh-huh, okay why is that and then basically how we how I understand it is um, Quora just sends super highly qualified leads because the Q and A format basically is like when 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 it, uh, when you have a question or a problem to solve chances are you will Google it or you will tweet uh, about it and ask people. And the, the, the first thing that usually pops up, at least in, in the topics that Quora is really good at, um, is a Quora question and an answer, and or many answers even. And by answering questions on Quora, just as a side effect, um, I, I could reach the people at the right point in time. And with productivity tools, like, People say, yeah, they're never happy with their current productivity tool. Everyone is always on the lookout. But on the other hand, people don't really switch um, just because there's no reason. There needs to be a trigger. There needs to be a motivation that is higher than the barrier um, to switch. And reaching people in the right point in time is super, super important. And by doing mar- like basically ads it's really hard to reach people at the right point in time. Whereas when they search for something, um, you have intent and that's super powerful. That's also why Google is doing so well in the ad business. I guess they always know what you wa- what you're looking for.
2: Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, um, sharing all this with us. Um, tell us where can we keep up with you and blossoms, um, online.
3: Um, so I've started uh, to play around with medium, which is a really, really cool publishing platform. And I found out that I publish way more on medium just because it's lower friction. Um, and I've started a medium collection called product love. And it's on medium.com slash product dash love. Um, so you can s- subscribe to that. It's basically blog posts from the best product people I find um, like Julie who's heading product at Facebook there's a, um, um, a really cool UX design article in there on how Yelp redesigns their restaurant or like the, the business listings page there's a lot of really cool stuff in there um, so basically I just add things to that collection and on Twitter we're Blossom underscore IO
2: Awesome alright well thank you so much
3: Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up.
2: And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them.